0: And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&A's and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. It begins. It begins in your eyes. It begins in your ears. You feel it from your toes all the way up to the top of your head, and your fingers shout to the ceiling of an arena that we can't exactly be in right now the fandom of wrestling that is why you are here there are many choices for you to watch wrestling media created by other wrestling dorks online but you've chosen sports key to wrestling and we will deliver for you we will give you the inside the biggest names in wrestling talking here you involved in this conversation and i believe two fairly lovable guys will be in your eyes and in your ears every single thursday that we can possibly do it with a whole lot more content sports gear wrestling this is the debut episode of the inside cradle if you haven't done it already subscribe to our podcast feed which is launching almost soon as you hear this as well as our youtube which has hours and hours of content including vince russo after monday at raw on monday nights dutch mantel after smackdown with uh, that man right over there rick Uchino, every friday night tons of content exclusive interviews video and audio wherever it works for you i know we have a lot of audio people so that's why we're doing this as well i'm kev callum debut episode of insight cradle how are you feeling Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped, man. This has been a, this
1: has been a big week uh, and uh, a huge guest, by the way, to, to, to launch the debut episode of the Inside Cradle coming up here in a few minutes. We'll be playing our entire conversation with the two-time, maybe soon to be three-time WWE champion, uh, Drew McIntyre. Uh, he spent uh, a good 20 minutes with us earlier this week. Looking forward to, uh, to you guys hearing that, including a story that he has told no one else, flat out told us, did not tell this to anybody else. So look I don't think I don't do think that. I've
0: told anyone else this story. And then when he said it, we were like, "Oh!" <laughs> uh, both no. of us just ears perked up. Like, "Huh? Okay. What, <laughs> do, you, what do you got for us?" Uh, uh, also, so- he's going to talk to us about a big dream match, and he gives us a lot more insight on this match that has been it has been clamored for by fans specifically in the UK for a long, long time. And he lays out a lot more about that, and I think in a way that maybe he hasn't done before. So I appreciate. The, the clarity with him, his new book, My Chosen Destiny, is available now. We'll be talking about that, but let's get into the biggest topics of the week. The Absolutely. greatest hits, one single podcast. Here we go. Daniel Bryan, he is reportedly a free agent at Ooh. this time. Now, going into last week's SmackDown, which I think was one of the best WWE matches of the year, maybe even better than some of the matches we saw in WrestleMania, probably even better than the match that Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns had at WrestleMania <laughs> with Edge. All right, I didn't I didn't know we would say getting edge out of a match would make another pairing <laughs> better. But uh, here we are. Uh, the story was put together in a week, but it paid off big. WWE made this match really, really matter over the course of two hours. Everyone on the show is talking about this. You got 40 minutes. I didn't mind the commercial breaks. This was fantastic. And apparently this is how they send Daniel Bryan off uh, Possibly uh he is now a free agent there has been some updates uh this story broken by uh, our, our compatriots over at fightful.com sean Rasep, tip of my invisible cap to you sean as he finds out there is some updates about this Okay, i was gonna say i've been at work all day what are what are, what are, what the, are updates? the updates brother give me the inside cradle roll, roll me up easy here we go <laughs> i'm gonna roll you up on this one you know it's a tag That's team fine. i gotta i gotta, we, I gotta I get uh, Let's see, I'm your waiting, shiz I'm in, man. for that hot tag later. Trust me, man. I'll be bringing the takes. Don't oh, worry. You, oh, you're the house of power. I'm the one who can speed up the whole time. And then I got to reach over to you. I'm coming in with that day? Angelo Dawkins hot uh, hot tag, man. I got right, another Ricky Morton tired. roll to you. I got a Ricky Morton roll over to you to get, to get me out of here. All right. So here's, here's the latest uh, Daniel Bryan. A lot of people thought. When the story broke earlier this week that his contract had already expired, some people thought that it was going to expire sometime later this year, and that WWE saying he was banished from SmackDown would allow him to either show up on Raw or NXT, and there was even some talk that he was going to NXT and would do some new exciting things. At the same time, he's been public about, I want to have some things outside of WWE. Creatively, sure. I think I would find that fulfilling to have a match with a Kenny Omega he's in AEW, so I don't think WWE is going to let you do that, our very own Vince Russo is saying, I don't think WWE is going to let you do that, even though you want to do things in WWE and do things elsewhere uh, the most of him being able to get off the WWE bubble and still stay within it would be NXT, so a lot of people thought maybe he was going there, then we find out this contract is already up, now Fightful follows up with, they've talked to some people in AEW, saying they think he's staying in WWE and it's just a matter of when he signs this deal also, the follow up from other sources in the industry, is that WWE is trying their damnedest to get him under contract sooner than later. Daniel Bryan is the most sought-after name in professional wrestling at the moment. Which is ridiculous when you consider the amount of free agents that
1: are out there right now. Now, granted, some of them can't sign for another, what, uh, 70-plus days or or whatever it is now. You got guys like Samoa Joe uh, who are still out there. You got guys like Brock Lesnar uh, who are free agents as well. Brock is free to pretty much sign wherever he wants, but I think it's under the assumption that he's going to work with WWE if and whenever he feels fit to do so. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, obviously, I think they want to bring Daniel Bryan in. The question is, what does Daniel Bryan want? and that's and everybody's can can sit here and speculate Oh Well, maybe, maybe he'll go to AEW cause he wants to wrestle Kenny Omega, or maybe he'll go over to new Japan and, and have these dream matches. Mm-hmm. He may just decide to sign at home and just chill there for, for six to eight months. Cause uh, he, he doesn't you know,
0: want to go full time. Like he's made it clear. I want to, I want to have, I still want to wrestle. I just don't want to do it at the same pace I did before. I know where my body's at. I know where my life is. I have kids, you know, like he said, point blank. I want to be full-time dad, part-time wrestler. And that's, wonderful when you have that clarity in your life also he's not a spring chicken this is a guy who had some very very serious injuries should have uh, apparently eyes of some medical professionals never been able to wrestle again and he did and did some great things and then also started to become a creative consultant for the company in the last year or so so there's other things he can do in wrestling that don't involve him being in the ring and maybe there's more of that that he can do in wwe if he wants to do the creative stuff and be be like kind of become a producer if you will I think he can do more of that in WWE than he could elsewhere. Not to say he couldn't help those other companies in that way, uh, but I don't think he goes over to new Japan and they're like, Hey, you want to book the territory for us? I'm not, I don't think that's going to happen with AEW, They have a full roster of people. Another thing, this may break people's heart guys. How are they going to program him in there? Yeah. Who's going to get, who's going to get shoved back down the car that you love that is not going to have their spot because Daniel Bryan came in and took this spot. Oh, wow. Isn't that against the whole idea of all eight wrestling that we're supposed to like fulfill your favorites and make your favorites feel like they're supposed to feel. And now here's this guy coming over from WWE. We're going to make him our number one guy and take on Kenny Omega. Or is it just going to be, he's going to do a tour of the world, do what he wants for a while and come on back to WWE. I think there's a possibility of both. I mean, I don't see AEW wanting to come in for one match. I don't see that. If they they want him, they got him.
1: And here's the thing. I bet you, if WWE could do whatever they wanted, right. To, to try and bring Daniel Bryan in mm-hmm. and I don't know this for sure, but if he really does want to match with Kenny Omega and you know, as reported said, Hey, I'm, I wish WWE was open to working with more companies. Yeah. If they went to him and said, all right, right, well, we'll let you go wrestle Kenny Omega, wherever, wherever, just sign on the, dot. we'll let you go wrestle Kenny Omega or throw something like that in.
0: I don't think WWE would do that in a heartbeat, but I think that would be a way to draw Daniel Bryan back. Here, well, you what, you get in your match you get in your match with this guy here's a handful of matches you get but that would be a game changer because then sure. you have you're going to have other wrestlers that are at daniel bryan's level that are at the near the top of the card and they say my deal comes up I want to be able to go have a match here. Maybe I want to go do an MMA fight. I want to be able to do a movie and still stay under contract. Some people have done that part, right? Sure, but yeah. you're, this, is, this is the thing that AEW changed because they brought so much money into the market. They really opened everything up. Mind you, it also helped that WWE signed, what, $3 billion TV deals? So you knew there was more money coming into the market. People can say, oh, wow, not as many people are watching wrestling. No, a lot of people are watching a lot of wrestling. There may not be as many people watching, but they're watching a lot, and this is on-demand streaming culture. You have access to more. Daniel Bryan is one of those guys that really came up in that time, came up at the right time, too.
1: Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see what he does, and he doesn't have to do anything you know, right away. Like I said, if he wants to stay at home and and Mm -hmm. chill for six months and kind of watch the wrestling landscape and and see if something piques his interest – that that might be the route that he goes to, because I mean, uh, he did. Uh, man, I can't remember if it was TV Insider or who, but he did an interview with somebody where they're talking about his match at WrestleMania, and he said TV you know, Line it was TV, TV Line. Yeah, TV Line. What he he just didn't feel that that same excitement, that same magic that he used to. Dude, main event at WrestleMania with Edge and Roman Reigns, and he just didn't feel that 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 excitement. So maybe there is a level of a burnout there. Maybe he's realizing yeah. he is windling. You know, his career is is winding down. I, if I'm Daniel Bryan, I'm doing what I want. There's nothing that says he can't take these next six to eight months, go wrestle Samoa Joe in Ring of Honor if that's you know something that they want to do, or you go wrestle Omega in New Japan because they I, have a partnership
0: there. I and touched on this to WWE. I touched on this yesterday in our top stories video. We dropped those Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Uh, 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Uh, Central. Uh, follow us on our live streaming on YouTube and Facebook. There, you guys get the notifications and I talked about this, if someone could sell out any independent company, then you, they bring in those big names, right? They're all going to become available right around the time that the country really starts to open up in July. New York says they want to do it. Chicago this week says they want to do it. Those are both huge wrestling markets. What's to stop a Samoa Joe, a Daniel Bryan, you can throw any other name that's available as well, to hit the open market with independence, not AEW, but hit the other ones and say, we're going to prove that we're draws. We're going to prove we're draws. And now you're going to get, now WWE is going to be back on the road a little bit and you're going to need some new names and you're going to reprove your value in a way that is independent of all of those two major companies. Plus, you know, the New Japan money is always there. Ring of Honor money is always there. I also think Daniel Bryan could go down to Mexico and make a ton of money. He's always wanted to do some Lucha Libre stuff. So the options are open. Someone who also has opened up the door to WWE again is a very divisive figure. Oh Eva yeah, Eva Marie. Eva Marie was re- returned this week. Vince Russo had a lot to say about this on Legion of Raw. Go check that out. Um, uh, very aggravating for some wrestling fans. Very pleasing for other wrestling fans. I saw a lot of people like this, especially if they're from the Total Divas crowd, and they come back into WWE. Eva Marie is a character they really love. The, the the quality of the bell to bell is not as important to them as it was to the, the fans that are angered by this. What do you think, Eva Marie, back in the fold with Monday Night Raw?
1: Um, I am of the minority of this irritated me and not not that Eva Marie signed irritated me. It mm-hmm. was the reaction to Eva Marie coming back that irritated the absolute hell out of me because there were so many people that immediately rushed to judgment. They immediately mm-hmm. rolled their eyes were like, oh, my God, they got rid of Mickey James and, and Chelsea Green and the Iconics and they brought in Eva Marie. What are they doing? She can't wrestle this.
0: How dare you people? She's been What, going what is, what is that Simpsons quote when they go to Shelbyville? Shake your fish a boy. They're getting away. <laughs> Pretty much.
1: It's it's old men yell at cloud syndrome, is what it is. <laughs> they just they just want to two. point that is two
0: Simpsons references. <laughs> two. You know what we gotta have? You know, they they have the writing with Russo. We have a bro counter for Vince Russo. We need a Simpsons reference counter. Hey, there's like
1: do. over like a 600 episodes. So there's plenty of references to draw from.
0: Uh, you'll never hear
1: one past 2004 from me because I no, haven't seen an episode. Cut before. it off. Classics. Seasons 1 through 11. Yeah, Seasons 1 it. through 11. Uh, pretty much it. Uh, season 2, by the way, might be the most perfect uh, pop perfect season in television history but
0: now we're, just, now we're doing a whole other podcast yeah yeah we are
1: we're, <laughs> we're gonna go off the rails sometimes on this show it's just gonna happen with me i'm add and it's it's like that but
0: uh if you're here for drew mcintyre he's gonna be here in a minute so yes absolutely
1: uh, as soon as i'm done uh, bashing the wrestling nerds out there because here's the thing it's like everybody remembers what she did mm-hmm. when she was with the company and her last run on the on the main roster i will admit it was not good they didn't let her wrestle it was always one excuse after another and i think the last time that her she was in the ring like her top popped off and then they put like the towel on her and they took her away and it's like what like three weeks later she was released or or something Mm -hmm. like that because they couldn't i guess couldn't figure out what to do with her i don't know i didn't know the whole backstage politics behind it but that's what it looked like from from the outside looking in we don't know what she's been doing for the last you know four four plus years she could be she's obviously in tremendous shape uh, she, she's could have been busting her butt, uh, to get better in the ring. There were reports that she signed back with the company in September and are just now, uh, where we saw her first vignette, which yes, it was kind of a Hardee's Carl's Jr. inspired commercial that they had <laughs> going on there on top of the car. All she needed was a sloppy hamburger, but <laughs> Hey, Hey, <laughs> now, Hey, but- we don't know what she's been doing for the last day much. She could have been at the PC busting her hump, getting ready for this. We don't know how good she is in the ring because frankly, we haven't seen her wrestle in five years, by the way, is she going to be wrestling? Is she going to be a valet? Is she going to be an authority figure? I don't know. And guess what?
0: You don't either. So let's stop rushing to judgment on Eva Marie. I think part of it is also the combination of who just got released from the company.
1: Yes. And, and i he- of that. Look really, really bad. But again, yeah. We, there were rumors that she signed back in September. I don't think these two events have
0: anything. And it's from the same tomorrow. crowd that knows you, they're the same people that are mad about this Knew that she was coming. They knew like, this isn't anything you didn't know about nine, 10 months ago. You know, this was, it was just a matter of when at some point it was just a matter of when we, we I had fans ask me about her in January. When is she coming in? When are they bringing her in? You know, it was probably one of the top five, top 10 questions uh that I got covering wrestling all the time, you know, ahead of. You know, when is CM Punk going to return and all this? But (laughs) here's the thing. She gets real heat. Okay. If you're a hardcore fan, you despise her. If you're a casual fan, you love her because she pisses off the hardcore fans. You care. There is a level of investment with her character, with her not doing a whole lot that makes her very attractive to WWE creative. Because guess what? That's emotional gasoline. You can put that on something. You can attach that a character to someone or to a storyline, and suddenly it's compelling. And guess what? You don't like that it's compelling because I didn't tell them to do that. And now they're telling me, and now I'm mad, and bam, guess where they got you? Right in the palm of their hand, all right? So you don't like getting worked, but you want to tell them how to work. Come on. Come yeah. on. Get Look, off here's, it. Here's the thing. is there, If there's no heat, there, there's no money. No. Eva
1: Marie is is money to them because guess what? You're going to want to see her go up against the likes of, of Becky Lynch or Sasha Banks or Charlotte Flair because you want to see her get her ass kicked. That's what you want to see. So in a sense, Eva Marie is a draw. And again, who knows how good she is uh, in the ring? And yes, am I irritated that they let go people like Mickey James and Chelsea Green and the icon? Absolutely. But th- that this Eva Marie's return does nothing to amplify that those frustrations nothing at all unless somebody comes to me and says oh yeah we cut these four people so we could afford Eva Marie's ridiculous salary unless somebody
0: comes to me and says that I'm not no one no one knows that no one knows that a lot of assumptions become facts with wrestling fans here's something you can't assume Drew McIntyre is one of the biggest names in professional wrestling all right pound for pound he is taken who he was and become way much more it was such a long long journey to get back to become the guy that Vince McMahon said when he introduced him on the main roster of WWE said this seven foot tall guy from scotland in 2009 he's the chosen one that is so much hype so much potential you have to fulfill and then eventually years later will He's moved back down the card and moved back out of the company and he has to refine himself. And that is the whole story of his book, my chosen destiny, which is just absolutely fantastic. I got to catch some of the audio book, which was very cool. Cause he's reading it. Let's jump right into our interview right now with drew McIntyre and man, you're going to hear a lot of this. Don't go anywhere hi right, guys
1: hopping in with us now the first ever guest here on the inside cradle brought to you by sports to wrestling the latest in a long line of history that this man has made uh he is the 2020 royal rumble winner two-time dare i say soon to be three-time wwe champion and now published author drew mcintyre drew how are we doing good sir i'm
2: well, fabulous i'm trying to wrap my head around the fact that i have a new book you said it's the first show yes it's so a, this is our first it's our, it's it's our, our first show
0: on this network we, we we we've had you on before we've had you on sports keto before but this is launching a new series just with you
2: oh wow exciting and i love that i'm inside as well that's awesome
1: yes yeah. all <laughs> right appreciate that glad to glad to know that so let's uh let's hop in here let's talk about the book uh, a chosen destiny my story out now congratulations by the way uh I'm, I'm very envious of those who who have written a book and have gotten it published it's something that i've always i've always wanted to do but i'm not sure that i have the ability to do it and not only have you done it now but you've managed to do it uh with your incredibly busy schedule you know you know how did this book deal come together and was this something you always wanted to do or did someone kind of approach you with the idea
2: yeah it's not something i Said to myself or anybody else. You know what the world needs right now is a Drew book. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, was, it was brought to my attention that, you know, uh, Drew, would you be willing to put your story in paper? And you know, we see all these interviews you're doing with the public where you're so open about all your struggles and how much you've had to overcome. And we really think you can inspire people if you'd be willing to put it, you know, in a book hey, with your story. And I talked to my wife about it and I you know, said to her, I was like, well. If I'm going to do this, I don't want to hold back um, especially during these difficult times we've been living in the past you know, year and I do get a lot of feedback from people um, that they hear some something I've been through and how hard I worked to get through it or perhaps the support system I had around me or some of the lessons I put out there like being accountable to the person in the mirror. If I could detail that in a book around my wrestling story, write it just not for wrestling fans, but for everybody, let's let's do it. If we can inspire one person, it'll be worth it. And that's what it all came to be.
1: So, you know, what was this whole process like going from step one to, okay, here's this idea to now here you are, you know, a published author? What was it like going through the process of putting this book together?
2: It's interesting uh, because I got to relive it all again. Um, yeah. You know, like it's such an interesting time we've been in, obviously, the past year. It's the first time in my life I've been stationary at home for a long period, for one. So I was kind of relaxed, like not on the go and not got wrestling brain on the entire time. and. I was kind of starting to relax in general not quite disability civilian life but like being able to kind of take things in and start thinking about my career a little bit and then suddenly a few months later we're working on the book and we're literally not just going through my career but my whole life and i start to remember things that i forgot and i'm really good at pushing negative things out my brain and focusing on the present and the positive that i was like wow i've really gone through some interesting stuff and i started being so grateful for the people that have been around me my whole life, for my family, to my friends, to my wife, to everybody that's really been there during the good times, but especially the bad. And it was a really interesting process. And at times, like you're hearing the audio book, like you can hear the emotion of my voice, be it anger or sadness or whatever I'm going through. Like I relive it every single time I talk about the stories in there. And it was just a wild process. It was great for me because it really gave me perspective and made me even more grateful than I already was for everything. And, already hearing some of the reviews from people and that's what i can encourage people if you read the book you listen to the book, you take something from it, it helps you in any way send it to me i see everything on social media and that's what it's all about is helping people drew
0: uh this book you mentioned you're going through everything you're reliving all these different things and obviously as you already said there's some things you're like I, I didn't even think of that for a long long time and you've been through a lot both the ups and the downs and people can see all of them and then they get a little bit more context is there something in this book, whether serious or lighthearted, that you think people are going to hear for the first time that maybe they're surprised by maybe they wouldn't expect from you considering everything you've already been through?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I wish I had some examples off the top of my head. Uh, I know like there's a lot in there that people know my story, but they don't know the full story and mm-hmm. the details behind the stories. They know as well as new stories on top of it. All uh, There's certainly like things in there, like, that you find out how weird i am and again this is things i've talked about in different interviews over the years and perhaps not talked about but like i was a very strange kid i detail it in there things like uh you know sending a, a wife to my wrestler since i was like five or six i sat my family down as i talk about in the book and say i'm going to be a w wrestler <laughs> sure you are Drew. Whatever, <laughs> But then by age 10, I'm sending away to America for the inside secrets of professional wrestling. Probably one and two. Dennis Brand, Percy Pringle. And I've got my secrets. I've got my backstage words, how things work. I've got to keep kafabi because I don't know how it's pronounced k at the time, the secrets of wrestling. So I keep my books in a briefcase locked on top of my wardrobe. I go to school. I play along with everybody at school. Like it's 100% legit. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. In my head, I'm like, I'm totally keeping kafabi right now. i talk got to talk about all that, all that stuff like like I was like 10. So at that point I was like five years behind in my dream as far as I was concerned. I was like, man, I'm five years behind. Finally, I'm trying to convince my mom to let me go to wrestling school. Like during that time, and I had the conversation with her at 15, when she finally let me go to the, basically the only school in the UK at the time. But it was a 12 hour journey there, 12 hours back, 24 hours a round trip where i basically tell her mom i'm 10 years behind basically the way i look at it right now this is when i'm fifty <laughs> <laughs> convince yeah. her to let me go like that lean into it in the book and there's stuff outside of wrestling. like i've told this story a few times but you know i used to have a subscription to a magazine i was into weird things like it was a uh, a magazine that covered the paranormal UFOs, deadly diseases, read about Ebola when I was like eleven. Um, you know, <laughs> conspiracy theories, like every every mad thing you can think of is in there. And there was a sample letter for the FBI under the Freedom of Information Act. If you wanted to get any documents, you know, send it to the FBI and you know, they'll send you them back apparently. So I filled in the sample letter, put in my documents, got my pocket money, stuck it in there, sent it to America and Got home one day, my dad's waiting for me with a big dossier about five inches <laughs> thick from the FBI. I went, dad, why are you home? You're never home at this time, it's 4 p.m. You don't go home till six or seven. I was like, we talk. to why are the FBI in America sending you these documents? I went, oh, dad, ask asked for them. Son, once again, why are the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation in America, sending you all these documents? Your dad will show you. I had a sample letter. I filled it in. I put in the documents I wanted. And can I have them now, please? Go outside and play football. Like soccer. An so, again, very strange kid. And I had those stories like that all over the place. Like how interesting I was when it came to wrestling and things outside of wrestling.
0: I like that you called it fabi like it was Italian, like like in a Christmas yeah. story when he says frigili or
2: something. <laughs> just, I, mean, like I they didn't spell it phonetically. I was just like, oh, Kfabi. Okay, cool. Again. <laughs> Like, I don't remember the first time I heard how it was pronounced, I think it was that wrestling training, I was about 15 or something, I was like, oh my goodness, thank goodness I didn't say that out loud, I'd always really say. <laughs> oh,
1: so obviously a lot of great stories in this book, um, you know, for for wrestling fans, but I think this is also going to be a, a tremendous read for for those who are aspiring to be pro wrestlers, and I've I've seen it and I've heard stories uh you know from people on the indie scene there's a lot of guys who get into the business and I don't think they they realize the sacrifice and dedication it takes to not only make it to WWE but then to succeed you know once you get there and you sure know what you know the ups and downs of that journey
2: is yeah you have to love this I am industry it is going to be if you truly everyone's give it your all it's going to be the most dysfunctional relationship you're ever going to have and you have to love it no matter what <laughs> good times and bad because there's going to be uh, the good times and the bad times and that was what makes it so interesting it's just that life there's going to be peaks and valleys all the way through wrestling just like there is in life and that's with this book details you know it's going to be a lot of ups a lot of downs but if you love it you're willing to give it your all all the time and put out the best version of yourself believing that as long as you keep giving it your all you're leaving no stone unturned you're going to get to your destination you're going to achieve your goal you absolutely will sometimes it takes longer for others and it does for some for me i've got a very unique journey in the sense i was given it all in the beginning and then had to lose it all and then go through the process of finding myself as a performer but especially finding myself as a man with a lot of help until i finally had to work my way back from not just rock bottom 10 people below rock bottom dig my way up to the rock bottom and then start working my way back to the top of the mountain which is my journey but everybody's journey is going to be different but if you apply a lot of lessons i talk about in there i promise you no matter what your dreams goals are if you want to be a wrestler or if you just want that promotion at work just with that right mindset like give it all attitude and knowing that the cream always rises to the top i promise it'll work out in the end
1: all right so the book is called uh, a chosen destiny my story it is out now where can people go and uh, and find the book now
2: it's cr- everywhere it's crazy like find yeah, like, everywhere like uh, i wish I had a list in front of me like uh just google uh, it right just google it yeah you know, it'll, it'll pop yeah, up yeah it's everywhere like i know like walmart has an extra chapter in their version hey uh, that we put in there but you can find it at your target your amazon um, online all major bookstores it's just blown me away like where you can get it because it, like a buddy's in the uk messaging me saying Every shop I go to has got your freaking book. I keep advertise it advertised <laughs> online everywhere. And now in America, like I've, I've had people tell me today, it got released today, I'm seeing your book on the shelves. And I'm like, I can't wait to go out and just look and go, there it is, I got a book it's on the shelf.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just do an <laughs> impromptu book signing, like right there in the store. I'm sure, you know, yeah, that'll wild. be great.
2: Actually, Actually, this is a story I've not told in any interview. Uh, this just came back to me. Uh, I can't believe I've never told this story. <clears throat> the house I'm in right now, um, I don't know why this popped in my head. I remember when I was in the independence scene and my wife and I were looking at buying our first house together. We were in our first apartment together at the time. I talked about in the book how we got fired three days after we moved into our first place together, a small apartment, Mm -hmm. and we're talking about our first house and it's the house I'm in right now. And realistically, it may have been a bit out of her means but I, I went in and I looked around it and I loved the house and I was I really loved the house and there was a little table just outside the office here that I looked at and I thought to myself one day I'll pin my memoirs at that table right there and I said that to her and I like we were sitting down in the apartment and she got a call from a friend who was a realtor and said we have to know now if you want that house and I was watching uh, Sylvester Stallone documentary at the time and he was telling his story and about you know how adamant he was about not letting the Rocky script go without him playing the role of um, Rocky. And he stuck to his guns and he believed in himself and how much he truly believed in himself and he had these visions in his head of where he saw himself. And I saw myself in this house. I saw myself one day doing my memoirs at that table. And I can't believe I've never told this story to right now. Uh, but yeah, that was crazy that now I do have the book right here and I, I did a lot of it just right outside the officer. So it actually happened. So yeah, you visualize something else that happens and I can't believe I forgot that to right now
0: that's incredible story
1: incredible that's very story. cool man I'm, I'm i'm so glad that uh, that you were able to do that and uh, again the book is out literally everywhere so uh make sure you go find it i'm sure you guys can uh get your hands on a copy now drew we you obviously do have a big matchup as well coming up at wrestlemania backlash oh
2: yeah i do
1: yes <laughs> we will get to that though because i do want to ask you about wrestlemania though um yeah. Mm-hmm. you know we we spoke last year you told me you wanted to be you know one of those first guys out there when when the fans were back welcoming them back and as it turned out you were uh, the first super, superstar to make an entrance for a match uh with that live audience uh first one in over a year crowd gave you a hell of a reaction uh it was booming in that stadium in raymond james stadium when you did the 3-2-1 countdown can you just describe how great that feeling was
2: yeah, unbelievable i mean obviously <laughs> through a lot of emotions between the the rain and not knowing if we're gonna get rain down, and going out on the stage for the anthem, and kind of me hiding in the background because I didn't, I didn't want to feel the crowd. Yeah, if you see me there, I've got my head down, basically the whole time. I don't want to look at the crowd. I don't want to feel the moment till my entrance. I'm the first one back as soon as we went to the cold open, and I'm waiting for that entrance, finding out we're getting the delay. What are you freaking kidding me? And we we do the kind of impromptu promos and stuff, and finally I get word we're going ahead the fans are there and then I'm back in the moment it was easy to keep myself in the moment myself and Lashley were so amped up we could have sat there for five hours we would have still been in the moment like we such <laughs> insane competitors we're ready to go and it didn't really cross my mind I was about to walk out I was like what will response you know it has been like a year and a half of solid drew content in their face and you know our fans you know like they're phenomenal they're passionate but You know, they can move on to the next cool thing pretty quick. So Lashley was on fire at that point. I was like, I wonder how they're going to respond when I walk out. never really thought about it until right now when I'm out or your music's about to play like in a 2nd Okay, so like, uh, going Titus went out quickly first to warm the crowd back up. And then that was built at the time where I was thinking about, I wonder how they'll respond and like either way I was ready for it. You know, I just wanted to care, be loud, boo, if you want, cheer, if you want, just care, be invested. And when I walked out and heard the cheers and the response that literally blew me away, there was no plan for me to do the three, two, one before I did the sword. That was just me walking out and feeling it and going, Oh my goodness, like let's just go with it and it felt right and they came with it and I put the sword in and I was walking down the stage you can see me almost close to tears just seeing the fans for the first time and looking around seeing real people in real life reacting and reacting so positively that was my favorite like part of the match and along with beating Brock for the title the year prior my, my mania moment as far as I'm concerned that entrance that first entrance.
1: Well, one more quick question for me and then Kevin I swear I'll let you get in with a few of these. Oh, We, but,
2: got, we
0: got one for you here. <laughs> and
1: when when you put the sword in the stage, man, and the flames came out, you could feel that heat in the press box. What was it like for you right there down there on ground zero? How hot was that?
2: Uh, I mean, I assume it was hot. It's just adrenaline's just so high. Like, I feel it more, I guess, at TV, um, especially if I've, just, if I've got a promo segment or something. I'm kind of relaxed when I'm going out, unless it's something pretty intense. I can feel the heat more in like the Thunderdome than anywhere. But in Mania, you could probably set me on fire, and I just kept walking for five <laughs> seconds before I realized I was on fire. My adrenaline was so high.
0: <laughs> Special moments, WrestleMania, larger than life, a stadium, you've brought up a different stadium scenario that you want and you want it in a specific place possibly with a specific person he's called out your name you've called out his I'm talking about Tyson Fury I'm talking about this dreamed talked about match not in the United States but in the UK is this still a possibility is this still something you want and how do you respond to Tyson because he's still got your name on his lips
2: yeah it's pretty cool but uh, it's been a year of (laughs) building <laughs> with myself and Fury calling each other out and, you know, he called out, you know, a few individuals the other day, myself and uh, Joshua being a couple of them. And it's pretty cool. You know, that like, he's got such a big audience uh, from a different, you know, sporting world. It puts more eyes on WWE, more eyes on Drew McIntyre. And I have like a big vision. It's a dream of mine. I know I don't make the decisions, but the UK is such a, you know, big part of our fan base, such a passionate fan base. I'm obviously from there, the other first British champion and have not had a significant big WWE pay-per-view since SummerSlam 1992. We deserve one. Uh, the way things are today with the network and, being you know, on Peacock now, we can do them across the world. We've done them in multiple countries, including the big one we did in Australia. It is possible. Again, I don't know the logistics, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't <laughs> think I am. I think it's going to happen. I think it should happen. And I do believe that McIntyre Fury, a couple of the UK's most successful sons. In their field in a battle of britain would really bring a lot of attention to it put no eyeballs on the product and just like bad bunny at mania i know he's willing to put in the effort obviously he's wildly entertaining that's why he's so successful aside his win-loss record his personality and we could really turn some heads with that match big time
0: it would be very very big time
1: year-long like, build it's like rock cena basically at this yeah
2: uh, yeah. yeah we're just we're just gonna keep going till it happens we're gonna will it into existence we're gonna be feeding for like 10 years
0: you brought up rocky earlier this is gonna be the real Thunderlips rocky 3 showdown this is gonna be the real the <laughs> yeah. the,
2: the, the <laughs> fury's here in the flesh baby the ultimate me <laughs> male versus the ultimate <laughs> oh
1: uh way before we ever get to that obviously we have uh, Wrestlemania Backlash coming up a, a big triple threat matchup uh, you are going once again uh for the uh, the WWE uh, championship and you drew over the last year plus you you've certainly you know proved yourself to be a main event a main event player and I have no doubt you're always going to be in the conversation uh, for for world title opportunities but do you feel like Wrestlemania Backlash this might be your your last shot at the WWE title for a while if you're not successful
2: uh, more than likely. Um, I know it's a big match. You know, I was in there with Lashley. Um, it was I've been in there a couple of times with him. Highly physical. I know what he's capable of, and he's operating at a different level right now. And that hurt lock, like that's no joke. Like that, thing freaking hurts for real. <laughs> like when i mania, like I was feeling that thing for a few days. Like, he's physical. Uh, that's the way I wrestle. That's the way like a Seamus wrestles, and it's the way a Braun wrestles. You know, Braun and I went out there last week, had a match. We've not ever had a singles match that had time. I don't know what people's mindset was with us going into it. If they expected much of it, but I know after the fact they were like, "Wow, that was a really good match." We like, kind of surprised here, which I was happy about, but at the same time took a bit of offense. I feel like I'd have a match with anybody. <laughs> and then you see like Lashley and Strowman last night, like having such a great match, and I'm really excited about the three of us getting together. I know we're going to put on a spectacle doing things physically that no one else can do because i'm the smallest guy in there and i'm six five two 265. with these absolute giants so it's going to be a heck of a match and if drew mcintyre isn't able to pull off the big one regain my title maybe it's another moment like wrestlemania we thought we were going to get my moment and i got knocked down and i have to adapt i have to overcome it's the theme of a chosen destiny it's the theme of my life that i am not superman i'm not made of steel i'm not from a different planet i think that's why people can relate to me that you know, I am gonna get knocked down. I do get knocked down, but I'll always find a way to overcome and keep trying to overcome. And I think that's the thing that's gonna keep me relatable. So, I hope I pull off the big one. But if the worst was to happen, it's not gonna deter me in any way. As long as I'm in a significant storyline, as long as I'm involved in the character, that's all I care about
1: that's probably not going to happen very often when there's going to be three guys in the ring and and you're going to be the smallest dude i i, I would imagine no,
2: that's shocking to no. hear it is shocking they, to they hear that absolute, smaller those two men are absolute beasts like lashley is just we know like a different level um performer when it comes to like his in-ring game and his mma game i've seen him in the gym i've trained with him in the gym He's a freaking nature and then you've got Strowman, like legitimate former strong man he's blows me away like what he can do physically like I remember the match we had last week. Like I ran for the claymore and he caught me and hit me with the power bomb. But I have it's not the first time I've ever done that. Like generally when people do that, I'll come at them, they'll start from their knees and we'll kinda use the momentum where I'll go up and down with them. He wasn't on the ground using momentum. He was up in a squat position. He caught me out the air, then he stood up, then he lifted me up, then he power bombed me down. And that man is just unbelievable when it comes to strength. So I gotta yeah i gotta pull out a few tricks (laughs) in that match to really stand out and uh, be the winner in the end
1: all right well you got a you got a big couple of weeks coming up your books coming out today uh you got uh, bobby lashley this monday and then uh sunday it's the triple threat match at wrestlemania backlash for uh, the wwe championship always a pleasure to talk to you sir always a pleasure to watch you as well and uh good luck moving forward
2: awesome appreciate you guys thank you very much for your time and i'll see you all again in the very near future
1: Kevin, your mic is
0: muted, my man. Your mic is muted. Aha, there we are. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) A great conversation with a truly great superstar. He is the definition of a WWE superstar in every sense of the word. Does it sound like we're kissing Rump? Sure. Um, But I mean, it it all got laid out there. It really is in the book, too. You get a sense that he truly always wanted this, this type of character. And it took him so long to get there. If you've ever had setbacks in your life, I've had it in my career as well in in, in media. Uh, It's something I really appreciated. The sense of like how dialed in he is to who he is now. And he understands like it didn't work in the past. Like I had, I had the potential, but here's why it works now. And I loved also him bringing up Rocky because there's so many things about him that are Rocky esque in, in the sense of, like living like rocky too he has all the potential and then it falls apart and then he has to figure out how to get it back together i love it i thought it was really really cool great interview and definitely this this is a great read I, i'm not completely done with it but i'm really enjoying it in terms of wrestling books
1: yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to diving into it i, I know i'm, I'm I, I loved your question about like what what's in this that we don't already know because drew is one of those guys who is so very open and honest. He's like the the dream wrestling interview, right? The guy who who just isn't gonna BS us and give us the 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 in the kafabi answers or however <laughs> he used to, however he used to pronounce it. Um, you know, he's the guy who's gonna be really really open and honest about you know what went into it, what he was thinking, and uh, you know I think him and Damian Priest uh, are among the two most uh, open and honest guys that I've I've ever had the chance of talking to, and I'll talk to either one of them six days a week if I if I had the opportunity. I, I just love picking their brains.
0: And for some of you on the podcast feed, keep your eyes on the feed. We will be dropping some of those interviews from our past that are on our YouTube channel. So if you just want to hear some of the background, we're going to have those in between episodes of inside cradle. So make sure whatever app you're hearing us on, if you're just in the podcast side of things that you're updating that app and uh, give us a five-star rating, wherever you listen to the show, pass it on. If you're catching the video version of the show, share it. The more the show grows, is based on you you are the organic gasoline of what we're doing here Uh, also a challenge to you use the word kefabi in in your in your conversations (laughs) with other wrestling Vins. you have to say it out loud uh rick i know you're around some wrestling locker rooms i am a little bit as well Uh, i'm gonna put the i'm gonna put the the challenge to you and try and be casual about it you have to have a wrestling conversation with someone and say kefabi you have to do
1: it the the company that i work for here in cincinnati uh
0: a lot of
1: young dudes like 21 20 oh, they, you know, would, we have, they would fall for it we, exactly i don't think the girl who's 18 would fall for it because her dad was a former wwe superstar uh so like i don't think she would fall for it but there are a lot of naive young dudes like we bring up names like oh gosh who was not we brought up at practice the other day and they had no clue who it was oh william regal had no clue who William Regal was?
0: Th- that's right. a lap for me. <laughs> if I if I'm running that, I was like, you got to give me ten laps right now. I want some lifts, squats. Run around the gym
1: a hundred more squats. Let's go right now. I mean, it's like this is the kind of group. Like I made a uh, a Dumb and Dumber reference one week mm-hmm. and just got blank stares. I uh, I, I, I screamed uh, out. I screamed out, kick his ass, sea bass, and everybody looked <laughs> at me like, who's sea bass? Who are you talking to? and i just looked over at my instructor i'm like oh my god i've reached the moment where i am old uh yeah. this, this is immediately because none of you people were
0: born when that mm-hmm. movie came out it's we don't know any tiktok dances we thought we were cool rick we thought we were cool we don't know any i never dances. thought i was cool just to be clear. uh there's a big conflict going in wwe and wwe likes themselves a backstage conflict between authority figures i'm so excited. we have one yes. uh, we have one that's growing here uh and, and They've gotten away from the authority figures as characters on WB television the last year or so. And I'm a fan of it. I thought those authority figures that don't really get to have a match all the time, don't really pay off angles in the ring. Mind you, That their, their symbolic wrestler that they choose tends to have to take that fall, right? But that character gets a, it was good. It was just a played out thing. They've done it for a long, long time. Yeah. And they've gotten away from it. Uh, now we have Adam Pierce as the WWE official. He's kind of right. like the suit. They don't call him the GM. He's the matchmaker, if you will. And he's gotten involved in more angles basically since the fall. Uh, and then they reintroduced Sonya Deville. who had been away from um, WWE action due to a legal issue, a very scary situation for her. Yes. No longer an in-ring performer, but coming out there looking in the smoothest suits. I think any, uh, maybe. Everybody whoever. wants to talk about Seth Rollins' drip game. That ain't it, man. Dude. No, it's Sonya. It's Sonia, dude. She wore this that that red hot number on on Monday. Looked awesome. I was I, I got a suit this week, and immediately I was like, I can't afford Sonia Deville suit money. I don't have Sonia Deville suit money. Thinking, of, you know, God bless your Men's Warehouse. I don't think you. Did. I'm wearing the same uh, suit jacket I had in 2007. Yes, yes. I'm looking like a dork at every wedding I go the, to. The uh, tailor so,
1: has so. taken this thing in and out
0: so many times in my lifetime. It is ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> so there's going to be some post-quarantine tailor work for some people hitting wedding season this year i can tell you oh, um yes. so, uh, so me included <laughs> so so sonia's out there she's introduced as kind of like the side character to adam pierce like he's assistant now there's this this angle they did on money at raw which i don't think came off particularly great but i am not fully out of it yet and the sense that she's going to give Charlotte whatever Charlotte Flair wants cuz she asked Sonia and Charlotte doesn't go to Adam Pearce she goes to Sonia. Right. I have a prediction for this that could be very very controversial, but what do you think of it? I'll get to mine in a minute. See, here's the thing, Charlotte does not matter to me in this situation
1: because Charlotte she
0: matters to me in, in what I'm <laughs> about to give you.
1: See, now here the thing that was confusing on Monday, right, is that Mandy Rose and uh, and, and Dana Brooke were attacking Charlotte, right? And mm-hmm. then Sonia comes out and I'm immediately thinking Oh yes, do it. Make make it Charlotte and and Sonya Deville versus Mandy and Dana at WrestleMania Backlash. Do it. And then we come back from commercial break and like Mandy and Dana are just gone for some reason. Like they were just mm. chased off by Sonya Deville and then Sonya gets in the ring and they add Charlotte to the the, the women's title match at at WrestleMania Backlash, which I'm actually fine with because we've already seen Rhea and Oscar twice now. So it gives us something a little bit different and let's be honest, Charlotte getting added to title matches is just standard WWE operating procedure at this point. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's, that's fine with me. The conflict that I'm focusing on is Sonya Deville versus Adam Pierce, because Adam Pierce was hot backstage afterwards. And Sonya even made sure to throw in that little dig. I'm on the same footing. I am equal to Adam Pierce when she made that decision. And said, Look, I'm I'm not his subordinate. We're on the equal level playing field here. I don't answer to Adam Pierce. And Pierce was pissed backstage. Mm-hmm. I think we are heading for a, a power grab situation here backstage. And it has me really, really excited because I was so into what Sonya Deville was doing last year. She was red hot. She was, I think, on the verge of that superstardom level push. And then one douchebag ruined it, unfortunately. Yeah. They slow played her back in. They they brought her back as this authority figure. She was doing a little tidbit here and there. And I was really wanting more out of Sonia Deville. And now all of a sudden it's really starting to ramp up. I think we're heading to a point where it's going to be Sonia Deville and Adam Pierce kind of splitting and maybe one of them gets Raw, one of them gets SmackDown. I see that as well, yeah. And that's how we go. I think this is all part of Sonya Deville's master plan to take over and get power and give herself everything that she believes that she earned in her career but hasn't gotten yet because of backstage politics or or whatever. So she might be playing Charlotte a little bit, which might play into what you think is going to happen, but I think this is all part of Sonya's master plan to take over and then give herself everything she's
0: always wanted. I like where you're going, but let me add to it, because I do think they're going in that direction where we're going to get authority figures on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown again. Right. And Pierce, Pierce will find his way over to uh, Friday Night SmackDown. There's a reason Sonya Deville, I think, is going to stick with Monday Night Raw. Uh, she appeals to younger fans. They want younger fans watching SmackDown. Uh, Raw, it needs that boost. You know, SmackDown is very much, in terms of those two major shows, there's a much more youthful audience, surprisingly, on Friday nights. Maybe it's some of the quarantine and things like that, right? but I feel Sonia is going to get to be able to do a romantic angle and that she is fond of Charlotte and fond of Charlotte in a way where Charlotte can get whatever she wants from Sonia, but the relationship is never fulfilled. Like it is never it's, it's she never like she gets played. And once Sonia figures out that she's played, she's coming for Charlotte. Once she figures out that someone played her and, for lack of a better phrase, worked her to get yeah. whatever she wants, is going to do all of those things you said and say, I don't need to be a GM anymore. I will give it up to kick Charlotte Flair's ass for playing me like a fiddle. Because why would Charlotte do that? Because she's the daughter of the dirtiest player in the game. She would absolutely, absolutely give someone the idea that they could have time with the queen, right? But they ain't going to have that type of time. They're just going to give the Queen what she wants and what she thinks she's entitled to. And I think it lays into, let me say it right now, Sonya Deville, Charlotte Flair, next WrestleMania. I, I'm, I'm not mad at long that long bill, baby. Long dude. Bill. That, that's fine. We always talk
1: about we want more long term term booking. I don't necessarily see it going that direction, but I don't see you know, it I, I'm just putting it out there. I'm yeah, putting it, it out it, there. It, it's an idea. We know this is something that uh, Sonya Deville has wanted to do. She has wanted to pitch it before. Uh, ultimately, though, I think wherever direction it's going to go, this is going to lead back to Sonya Deville getting back in the wrestling ring, which is going to be a very, very good thing. And I think Raw would be a good place for her because I think Raw is a place that Needs her a little bit more. And the interesting thing is, is while Sonya may be dealing with Adam Pierce and may be dealing with Charlotte, somebody else may have their eye on Sonya Deville. And And we saw Alexa Bliss this week. Uh, doing her uh, her Alexis playhouse and talking about how Lily was playing hide and seek that possessed doll straight out of the Annabelle universe uh, you know talking about how she was playing hide and seek and she loves to get in trouble and she loves the color red now everybody immediately thought oh blood like murder this that and the other thing no 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 where did we see her we saw Lily pop up twice. Once was Angel Garza and Drew Gulak where she was looking at that red rose, which I don't think she wants anymore.
0: Yeah, uh, they had her hidden in the background. If you watch that, the people put, immediately put it out there. They did this with the puppet survey years ago and yeah. people ate it up on the Internet. It's such a perfect little Easter egg thing to do on TV. Oh, my God. Oh, no. First show. We're already, we have possessed puppets on the show. For everyone listening, there's a possessed rabbit. Oh, boy.
1: <laughs> Anytime I can pull out my, my rambling rabbit, uh, I'm going to do it. I just got to make sure I can uh, center him in the screen. I have difficulty oh, doing the that. The way you said that, I pull out my rambling rabbit. Come <laughs> on, dude. Come on, man. Anywho, yeah. So uh, <laughs> we saw her with, <laughs> we saw her with Angel Garza. We saw her uh, with uh, Drew Gulak. But the other spot we saw her with was when that backstage, that heated backstage exchange between Adam Pierce and Sonia Deville, which makes mm. me wonder: Is Alexa Bliss? targeting Sonya Deville for some reason because Alexa has been teasing getting back in the ring which is something other than her win over Randy Orton we really haven't seen
0: her wrestle a whole lot since I mean I think she maybe maybe she had a one or two matches in like January or something like that on TV she did
1: because she went that like full like yeah superhero fiend type invincibility and we saw her in the Royal Rumble right like where she tried to go to that dark place and before she could get there Rhea Ripley tossed her over the top rope Mm-hmm. which I think would be a perfect setup for Alexa and Rhea Ripley after, you know, Rhea's done with with Charlotte and and Oscar here, that might be a place to go. Yeah, you always called- you always punch Bruce Banner while he's hulking up and turning into <laughs> the
0: Incredible Hulk. You never let him go full Incredible Hulk. Right,
1: exactly. So that that was very very interesting to me. I know there are a lot of people out there who don't care because for some reason they don't find alexa bliss and what she's doing to be entertaining or to be worthy of being on wwe tv apparently i don't think
0: it's the best thing in wwe i think it's definitely like lost that interesting appeal that they've gone for but god bless alexa bliss she's ran with it you know what i mean she's definitely gotten it and also we're talking about this she hasn't had a lot of wrestling so she's coming in just doing character work for months and months and months
1: and remember, she started having uh, concussion issues toward the end, I believe, of 2019. So, I mean, if this has been able to free up her bump card a little bit and allow her to to kind of heal up and 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 get to where she. I'm not saying she's still having concussion issues, no. but if it's a problem. This could be a great way to kind of keep her on television and keep her interesting. And I thought the stuff I love Bray Wyatt. I love the Fiend. Obviously, I have a rambling rabbit puppet. I got a, a Bray Wyatt something or other behind me back here. But, uh, you know. I'm, I'm interested to see where it's going. I still love this. This is a variety show after all. I know there are people out there who are sitting there going, oh, this is like the Baron Corbin dog food stuff. Shame on you people. All right. Just shame. Let, just shame. Let this is no different than anybody watching Walking Dead or Supernatural, right? Like this, there mm. is an audience for this. I enjoy it. The thing I don't like about it is Alexa Bliss has apparently uh, like replaced Bray Wyatt because once again, Bray Wyatt is gone, which I don't I don't like at all. I don't know if there's a plan for Bray Wyatt, if they're going to be moving mm. him over one place or another. Maybe they're thinking about moving him back over to, to SmackDown because one thing we didn't talk about earlier with the absence of Daniel Bryan, they're missing their top babyface over on SmackDown now. So Daniel yeah. Bryan being a free agent is a big loss for them. Maybe they're considering moving somebody like Bray Wyatt over because I don't know if guys like Cesaro or, or Shinsuke Nakamura can kind of step up and take that role because they can't cut a promo like Daniel
0: Bryan can. And we they like they like Bray on SmackDown. Fox, we, we know for a fact, Fox Fox Network wanted Bray when they started to get SmackDown. They said this is one. Of, we, we the word got out that was one of the characters they absolutely wanted on their on their TV show. Something that some fans don't want and have grown very very tired of. And I think the opinion is becoming almost a consensus at this point. Is the women's tag team division of WWE both on Raw and SmackDown? We're getting way too much Nia Jax, a, a belittled version of of Shayna Baszler. She is no longer the shooting monster beast that she was coming out of NXT. She plays foil to Nia Jax, who has a uh, Reginald, her 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 boy toy, around her finger, and matches that are okay, uh, but uh, segments that go too long. <sighs> I feel bad. I feel bad. Here's
2: the thing, thing,
1: right? Like they have used the women's tag team titles to basically encompass the entire mid card. So you have people like Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, who conceivably could be competing for the raw women's championship. That Absol- it shows, it shows off depth. It, it, it definitely it, shows it off does. the depth
0: of the women's division.
1: It yeah. does. But the problem is it's the same stuff. Week in and week out. It's, uh, you know, some kind of backstage interaction, some kind of fight. And then we get to the actual match. And then it's less than five minutes long. And if it's a non-title match, Shayna Baszler is eating a pin and it doesn't matter to whom. Shayna Baszler has had matches this year, less than five minutes where she's lost to people like Naomi. She's lost to Dana Brooke. She's lost to Charlotte. She's lost to Asuka. You're telling me you don't see enough in Shayna Baszler to have more than a five minute match with either Charlotte or Asuka. Like what are, what has become of, 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 of Shayna Baszler at this point. And then, It's the same thing every week. It's a five-minute match. Reggie gets involved, and if he gets involved in the correct way, especially if it's a title match, it's Shayna and Nia going over. Like, what we saw on Monday night was atrocious. Give me that pencil back. Give
0: me that pencil back. Not the match, by the way. Give me that pencil back, because I'm going to say right now. Sonya Deville Charlotte they put themselves together Sonia says I'll, I'll, I'll figure something great for us to do Charlotte I'll, I'll figure something great for us we're gonna win the women's tag team titles no, <laughs> and I, I I, 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 here's I, the thing yeah. I don't want that because I want more women in the mid card building
1: up to these mm-hmm. matches so case in point you have you have your big match coming up your two big women's title matches coming up at Backlash right you have Rhea Charlotte and uh and oscar so what happens if Rhea wins that clean and beats and beats uh oscar and charlotte who's Mm -hmm. next line you're not building anybody up on raw beyond smackdown bianca belair she just beat sasha banks if she beats bailey Who's next? Because you don't have Carmella on TV right now. You're not putting Liv Morgan or Ruby Riot on TV for, right now for whatever reason, even though incredibly talented and, and the fans like them and they're entertaining, they can't mm-hmm. get on TV right now. And the only other two women you have are Natalia and Tamina. And what are they doing? They're going after the women's tag team titles. So you've got everybody shoehorned into the women's tag team division in the mid-card, and you're not building anybody up uh, toward the main event. And it's like, look at the match. I really wish whoever... Booked the NXT women's tag team title match this week. Whoever did that could Mm -hmm. go and talk to whoever's doing the booking for the main roster women's tag team titles. It is night and day. You had a two minute title defense, which was atrocious. Again, not the match itself, but the time that they got to do the match. Lana and Naomi have really good chemistry with one another. They had some really good double team tag team moves going. And just as I'm starting to get into it, going, all right, this is going to be really, really good. Reggie gets involved. C- Computer clutch gets locked on and the match is over in two minutes. And then look at the main event on Wednesday. It is night and day how these two divisions are treated. And it's no wonder they decided to just make an NXT women's tag team title division.
0: It's no wonder. Somebody remember how to- everyone hated the idea of NXT Women's tag belts at the beginning. Like when Not they started it, like not the women in NXT. <laughs> <laughs> let, let, let's get into another big, I don't I don't know if we can call it a tag team match, but definitely a team match. From oh, yeah. All Elite Wrestling over on TNT, this has been built up to for half a year. The clash of MJF and his new uh, squadron of backstabbers called The Pinnacle and Chris Jericho's inner circle. MJF wants a part of it. Long, long con by MJF attacking him weeks ago. Just a few weeks ago, the buildup of a six-month-long angle puts them into the blood and guts, AEW's war games that they can't call war games. that is war games match. Uh, the artwork looked just like war games. They wanted you to think it was war games and they can't say war games. War games. Uh, we got the match. It ate up almost 45 minutes of the second hour of the show. Tony Khan said it would be hardcore and intense. It was. Uh, it was a bro- bloody brawl. They had blood on uh, network television, which has been a rarity for the past years, but this is a TV 14 show. It's not a TV PG show. And the big scuttlebutt wasn't Mm -hmm. that these 10 men went in the ring and bled buckets and kicked each other's ass and the heel got over on the baby face at the end and we could have something cool down the line. No, no, no. The scuttlebutt was... How come Chris Jericho, a 50-year-old man, took a 20-foot drop off the top of a cage, and how come I could see the crash pad that he landed on? How come I can see the crap? My hands are on my hips. I'm complaining. I'm complaining about a 50-year-old man taking a 20-foot drop that he doesn't have to take at this stage of his career, let alone any point in his career and people say it wasn't as good when foley did it it wasn't as good as this it wasn't this and it was just like how jaded and spoiled do you have to be that was the talking point on hashtag blood and guts that was it and then all the bluebirds that just want to you know troll people that love aew and then even aew fans saying it as well man you guys gotta honestly you gotta pull your head out of your ass if, if that's your opinion on the internet i know we're getting a little we're getting a little uh off, off the script here we're not just reporting as we're speaking on it rick right. what did you think of that and, and it, it aggravates me it was like what about those 10 guys that went in there and just destroyed each other for you sure and i get that and i, I think i think
1: criticism of that spot is is valid it just is just of the way that they set it up. If they had just done the, the wide far out camera view and just saw Chris Jericho drop him from 20 feet and, and through the platform. That would have been fine. The problem is, is they got so up close that you could see that it was it was plywood and a crash pad. So if they're going to do that, if they want to get that close up, you know, they, they you could argue they should have disguised it better. Am I upset that they didn't throw him onto actual concrete or through a steel? Of course not.
0: That is dumb. And Why would Kirk do if that? Got, God forbid. Hopefully, your Strike was fine because you can still take a crash pad oh, yeah. up like that and get did, really hurt. Did you notice how close he got to landing on the lights? Yes. That, that was, he
1: barely pushed him off and he flew into the upper third. Of that platform that they had there if he had done any extra momentum he's landing neck first into the lights that's the scary part like forget ignore the damn crash pad like he came really close oh oh yeah a so the shooting that
0: the, the, the stunt that they basically had to pull off and all of wrestling is a stunt. You know that like the people that came out and were mad at AEW when Matt Hardy wrestled a match and took a bump on concrete that he was not supposed to take. Yes. 11 feet in the air. Yes. and suffered a concussion and then they let him finish the match and they let him go up to the top of something with Sammy Guevara. It was a pay-per-view last year. All out. People were very upset about that. And they were so mad that AEW let him continue. And I agree. It was probably the worst moment the company's had is that yeah. specific scene. That they let him come about, out and yeah. do that. All right. Then you follow up at another pay-per-view with the exploding barbed wire death match, which which had your big explosion at the end that you say is going to be there. And it's poof. Right. And and people were upset about it. I just think this is just another point that people will rush to. That is AEW trying to be WWE and do these big raw attitude era moments. Right. And look how they, I get the. I get it all those guys went out there and told this story. And now MJF is a no good son of a bitch covered in blood and wallowing in the hubris of what he has done. And this long plan. And guess what? I think he could be your world champion tomorrow. If you wanted to pull the trigger, like he's right there and this guy isn't even 25 years old yet. So, um, right.
1: I, I, so I, I mean,
0: the, the thing for me
1: is yes, they told the story, And the ending, I did not like and It wasn't because Jericho went through a very visible crash pad. It was, I didn't like the ending of, all right, you guys give up or I'm going to shove Jericho off the top of the cage when we all knew it didn't matter what they did. They were going to shove Jericho. He was going to shove Jericho off the top of the cage Mm -hmm. anyway. Mm -hmm. Like it just kind of just Sammy shouting down that we give up. And then you have the half-hearted bell ring. Like there wasn't even like a (laughs) hardcore bell ring. It was just like, oh, that's it.
0: Oh yeah, over. I can see it because it was the Submitter Surrender. There's no pinfall. Right. There's so, no pinfall. Yeah. Which I and they really, nice they really had to thing. mic up. They really had to get the mic on Sammy Guevara. They really had to get that exterior catch sound. Yeah, it was kind of an anticlimactic ending
1: to what, yes, was a bloodbath. I could pick a little bit of parts here and there I, I think jericho was a little too obvious and a little too early when he pulled the old uh razor blade out you could see when mjf had that armbar locked in he was going to tap and you could see that his finger and uh, his pointer finger and his thumb were taped together because he was holding down the uh the the razor blade
0: and then you could they imagine if he it. drops the imagine if he drops the razor blades on top of the cage son of a bitch and then, <laughs> and then again aw i think they just get a
1: little too close they want you to be at home and personal with those camera angles but then they get too close and you catch chris jericho blading himself like they had it right there and like maybe it's just i have a trained eye for that kind of thing but it's like i could pick apart little things like that but honestly it didn't bother me so much like i'm i'm not gonna nitpick things to death the match was great the finish was a little anticlimactic but people are cheated rick yeah people they don't know how good they got it i don't want to be upset
0: they want to be furious at
1: something all the time and frankly it's exhausting
0: uh i want to dedicate this episode my older brother, Bob, my older brother, Karen, who held me down while I had to watch WrestleMania 7, held me down and held my eyes open because they thought I believed wrestling was real in the early 90s. We rented the video from Blockbuster and they held my eyes open. It made me watch in slow-mo on the VCR as Hulk Hogan reached over and bladed himself with the camera right on him <laughs> and earl hadner reached over and took the blade from the ring and put it in his pocket and made me watch it in slow-mo in our parents carpeted basement on the south side of chicago i was like no he didn't really use a razor blade <laughs> and i want to dedicate it to my brother and my brother bob and my brother kieran For ruining Kafabi for me Ruining (laughs) Kafabi It's still real to me Dan (laughs) It's still real to me And what would be even more real to me Is if you share this episode If you're watching on YouTube If you're watching on Facebook If you're listening Especially if you're listening Go and give us a five star review In the apps that you have We're going to do a lot of fun things Interacting with fans Game show elements We're going to let you get on the show And do stuff with us More big interviews Like the one we have at Drew McIntyre If you know a Drew McIntyre fan Share this with them Share this with them. I'm, I, I, had a, I had a wonderful lady with me at a wrestling event who immediately said once she saw Drew McIntyre that she would like to, quote, get on that. All right. And I have <laughs> to share this. I have to share this podcast with her. OK, I have to share this with her and, and uh, keeping it kefabi, uh, I was also upset when she said that because it was in my presence. <laughs> um, but and, thank and you guys so much. Boy.
1: Yes. And guys, by the way, make sure to also to uh, subscribe to the Sports Sportskeeter Wrestling uh, YouTube channel. Uh, that is where you're going to see uh, these uh, the, the video versions of our podcast every Thursday at 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. And even if we don't have a major guest on the show, chances are we have an interview with somebody you're going to want to hear from on the Sports Sportskeeter Wrestling YouTube channel. Case in point, I talked to Mansoor earlier this week, just days after his big Raw debut. And yes, I did ask him about his 49 match win streak being ended via disqualification. <laughs> I definitely did ask him about that. You can check out that interview right now. It is up on the Sports Sportskeeda Wrestling YouTube channel. And make sure to subscribe because we get dudes and gals from the wrestling industry uh, on that channel all
0: the time. Dudes and gals. All right. You can follow him <laughs> at Rick Uchino. You can follow me at Kev Kelman. If you haven't done it already, follow Sportskeeda on all your social medias. Instagram. Facebook, Twitter, are we on MySpace? No, no one's on MySpace. Zenga. Right, but you're <laughs> but you're here. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep pushing it to get over. Keep it kafabi. Keep it kafabi. All right. And we're gonna be back next Thursday. Thank you so much. Remember, when watching wrestling, do the most important thing. Don't bitch and moan that you saw a razor blade, all right? Or a crash pad. Enjoy wrestling.